Welcome to the Scrapbooking Inspiration Podcast. Today, I'm joined by my friend, Jen Weber from Funkin' Weber Designs, and we are talking a little bit about some other creative things that you could be doing this Christmas time. As part of my series about the Creative Christmas Bundle, I've invited some very talented designers to come and talk to me about creating and um, their plans for December. Hi, Jen. Hi, Melissa. Hi, it's great to have you here. Um, I've known Jen. It's great to be here, Melissa. (laughs) It's great to be here, Melissa. We're on opposite sides of the world, so there's going to be some of a delay sometimes. Yes, yeah. So Jen's in Alaska. I'm in Australia. And we're coming to you to talk a little bit more about creativity and Christmas and all kinds of fun stuff. So I've known Jen for quite a few years online now, but since our listeners haven't necessarily met you before, why don't you just um, share a little bit about you and what you do? All right. Well, I am Jen Funkweber and I am an Alaskan. I am also an embroiderer, a gardener, a pet sitter, a baker, a writer, and pretty much a total social media failure. <laughs> um, I enjoy I enjoy living in Alaska. I have a wonderful view of a glacier outside my window, and I actually like our Alaskan winters um, with all their cold and dark. Mm. Well, that's a good thing because you've been, um, you know, you've endured quite a few Alaskan winters. <laughs> That's true. Gosh, gosh, 24 now, I think. Yeah, a long mm. time. But I know one thing that you, um, you're not necessarily going to be um, there this winter, are you? You're off globe trotting. That's true. <laughs> That's true. We have about two more weeks left of winter here for us, and then we are off to southern Africa, going to be staying in Botswana for a couple of months and mm-hmm. hopefully touring around Namibia and maybe South Africa as well. So looking forward to that. It's a big it's a big dream trip for me. I've wanted to go to Africa since I was a kid and became aware that Africa existed. Mm. Uh, so this is this is a big deal. This is a big one and it's it's gonna be a long time and I'm looking forward to it very much. Also a little bit nervous about it too. I've had nightmares about snakes <laughs> in particular. <laughs> uh, snakes. But uh <laughs> Yep, I remember those from Australia too. There was one one time when we were in Australia that we were tromping through some rather thick grass towards some rocks and I remember stomping my way there and and calling out to the snakes, "We're coming, we're coming. Watch out." <laughs> <laughs> so, I may be stomping around Africa uh, yes. just to alert the snakes that were there. I I always like to think, you know, Australia, we have small deadly things and in Africa, they have big deadly things. (laughs) And seriously, the snakes probably aren't the things I should be most concerned about. I think there are plenty of other uh, more dangerous and more likely to see, be seen animals. So, but anyway, that's the one I'm worried about. Go figure. (laughs) That's okay. Well, I'm sure you'll be looking up at your uh, snake identification charts to know which ones are poisonous and all this kind of thing. Absolutely. We we have one of those and we've also uh, read all about uh, 
what to do if you do get bitten. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, the thing, the, the biggest thing is to remain calm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so, I'm sure we'll all be doing that if we got a snake bite. <laughs> right, right, I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, we'll. I, I don't think you know the rational part of me, th you know, says that that's not the huge threat that I seem to think it is in my dreams. So <laughs> we'll take our chances and be as smart as we can be. Yeah, yeah. I have to say, I haven't seen a snake in in quite a few years myself, but um, because we have other creatures to <laughs> where we are that eat the snake eggs. So, um, now, Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. There's the whole, um, urban myth, you know, if you have, well, maybe it's suburban myth. Um, if you have lizards, you don't have snakes. I know that's not really actually true, but, uh, we have quite a few bobtails around and, and geckos and what have you. And they came to sit. Right. I love those. Yeah. What's funny is um, my some of my family are from tropical Queensland and, and geckos are kind of like real pests and I'm like, oh, my gosh, look at the cute baby gecko and they're like, ew, get it away as if it's like a cockroach or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, they take care of the cockroaches. Yeah, so I guess it depends, you know, which creatures are pests as to whereabouts in the world you are. <laughs> right, right, definitely. Well, I know that you have a lot of... You you are um, a, a needlework designer and I know that a lot of your artwork features animals. So it's kind of appropriate that we've been chatting about animals. Um, so, true. So to let people know a little bit about you, what inspires you in your creating? What inspires me? You know, I think that what inspires me to create quite honestly is DNA. Um, I think it's, it's in me, this desire to create. We all know that species have an innate desire to procreate, right? Mm -hmm. Well, um, that may be more obvious in, you know, other animals, not humans, but we are animals too. And in humans, I kind of think that this innate desire extends to all sorts of creating, not just procreating, mm. uh, depending on your specific DNA. Mm. Um, you know, I can't turn off my brain. And I think that's, I think everybody can relate to that. There are times when you just cannot turn off your brain. I mean, who can stop the creation of ideas? This is why we have NyQuil and sleeping pills. Mm. Um, for those of us with DNA that inspires creating, whatever kind of creating that may be, uh, I don't think we can turn it off any more than a bull moose can turn off his, you know, desire to wrestle and lock antlers with other bulls in September and October. Mm. Um so I think it is actually this, what inspires me to create is, it's just in me. It's a mm -hmm. part of me and it's something that I have a desire to do and I'm never ever going to get away from that. Um, December inspires me to be crafty because that's the time of year that it's so cold and dark outside that I'm inside. Mm -hmm. And I suddenly have, I suddenly have all this, well, I suddenly have all this time um, that can be spent writing and stitching and creating things. It's one of the things I love about Alaska and our seasonal life. In the summertime, I'm outside and gardening and hiking and doing things outside, whereas in, in the wintertime, I'm inside, and that's when I want to hole up. I want to be a bear in my den, and other than, well, I sleep too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to sleep all winter, 
but uh, that's the time when I want to knit and sew and uh, embroider and do all those kinds of things and bake, you know, do inside warm, toasty, homey mm. types of things. So somewhat it's the season, somewhat it's just in my blood and bones. Mm. So this, I always find this really fascinating because, of course, being in the Southern Hemisphere, Christmas for us or December is such a... You know, you know. Actually, it's not the height of summer. So here in Perth, it's it's quite nice. You know, some days are swimming weather, some days aren't. And um, you know, you know, I was actually in Perth for the tree lighting ceremony in uh, 1998. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was there for Christmas tree lighting in Perth. Oh wow. I didn't know you'd ever been to Perth, but there you go. <laughs> yep, it's been a long time ago now, but yep, we did. We spent a little bit of time there, and it was great. Loved Perth. Loved the loved the west, uh, the west side of Australia. That was great. Mm. Yeah, we do like it here. It's our little corner of the world. I always so so for you. Um, I know that some people, you know, who was who struggle with the whole. A cold, long, cold winters. Um, they may not be feeling super inspired, and so that's where I think how something like our creative Christmas bundle is going to jumpstart people. There's going to be a whole range of different creative things that you could do to, you know, either celebrate Christmas or you know there's going to be Christmas cards and all sorts of good things in there so what are you contributing to our creative Christmas bundle okay well I am a needleworker more than a paper crafter mm -hmm. but I enjoy marrying different crafts and using techniques from one and another um, I teach uh, stitching as well as finishing classes um, and I sell cross-stitch patterns as well as finished needlework. Um, my, my contribution to the bundle, then, is a pair of black and white silhouette cross-stitch patterns from our Let There Be Night series. Mm -hmm. These, uh, we have a whole series of these. It's, it's all, most, almost all white stitching on black fabric um, creating silhouettes. We have 11 of them because uh, I like nice round numbers. <laughs> um, I call it, I call it a baker's 10. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm, I'm submitting silent night and the night before Christmas, the two patterns. Um, they're two of our best sellers. Silent night is a picture of a peaceful cabin in the woods with a, just a touch of yellow light shining out through the cabin window and Orion shining in the sky. It actually is Orion. It's the stars are in all the right places. And, mm. um, we enjoy, we enjoy watching the night sky here in Alaska. Uh, the night before Christmas has Santa flying across the sky, uh, across the moon with a touch of color on the tree in the cabin window and the lead on the lead reindeer's nose. Uh -huh. um, the patterns, you, you don't have to be a stitcher to use these patterns. Um, of course you can. If you can, if you can stitch an X, you can mm -hmm. cross stitch. Cross stitch is, basic, is kind of like paint by number. Um, you stitch by symbol instead. Um, there's not a lot where there aren't hardly any color changes. It's all white on black fabric, but you could also reverse that. Mm -hmm. uh, black fabric can be challenging to stitch on, um, so if you've never done it, you may want to stitch the negative space in black thread on mm -hmm. white fabric. That would be somewhat easier to see. Um, 
you can also, one of the things I've been wanting to do that I haven't done yet, I might do it to my dining room table, is to set up a wide mesh screen on top of the table to create a grid mm-hmm. and then paint dots um, where the pattern, where the stitches go, paint dots on the grid with an eraser end or, you know, Q-tip or something like that. Um, But you could paint the Mm. pattern rather than stitch the pattern. Um, You could use a fine mesh screen on paper, prick holes where the pattern is, and then spray paint over the holes to get the design on the paper in the back or something Mm -hmm. like that. I think there are lots of ways that paper crafters might be able to use these patterns. So if you don't want to try stitching, that's cool, that's fine. But... uh, I think I think these might be fun for for paper crafters too. Mm, for sure, I definitely I've seen the um, cross stitches we're talking about, and I'll actually have some pictures in the the show notes for this episode, so you can have a look at what we're we're talking about. But they're definitely very beautiful, and I love that they're they're so stunning, and yet you know, like you said, not too many color changes, and and really something that. Um, anyone could have a go at and you could then um you could use them for all sorts of things you could how how big I guess the the finished product would depend on how big your ADA or your fabric is right exactly exactly so that can be different sizes but they're all the same sizes they Mm -hmm. all have the same stitch count so if you had one frame, you could swap them in and out of the same frame. Or if you had a tuck pillow, um, one pillow would do it. You could tuck them in and out of the same pillow. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could also, you could actually even stitch it really tiny. If you want on linen, you could actually make them really teeny tiny. But they're about five by seven. Um, if you do them fairly big, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. not not too big, but not too small. Mm, sounds like a perfect size. <laughs> so you how okay so one thing I wanted to talk to everyone in this series about is about um, getting creativity in your December so do you have a tip for people who are listening about how they can f- fit it all in if they've got um, for their creativity uh, Oh, sure. In December. I will yeah, just, things- I'll just re-say that one. I'll edit it out. Okay, okay. go for it. Go for it. Cut. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing I'm sharing with everyone in this series is their practical tips for fitting creativity in during December. Do you have something to share with our listeners? I sure do. Um, we all have routine things that we do this time of year. Uh, Maybe we're sending out cards or buying gifts or we're decorating, baking, visiting family or friends, organizing parties, um, all sorts of things. And one thing that I like to do is change things up. Pick Mm -hmm. one thing and do it differently. I find that doing the same things over and over the same way gets boring um, and it gets less creative the more we do it. And it becomes more of a burden than a pleasure and it's supposed to be fun and pleasurable. Mm -hmm. So... I like to change things up. For instance, um, I normally send out, I'm a writer, so I send out a long Christmas letter every year, kind of a year in review, which some people hate and some people love. I'm one of those who loves those. And last year, I decided that instead of sending out a letter, I would make a video. Mm-hmm. And that that became my challenge. And that was, it was very creative and very fun. Um, and 
awfully time consuming. <laughs> um, I'm not very, I'm not especially good at video yet. Um, if you typically purchase gifts, you can commit to making, you know, just one or making 10% of the gifts you give. Mm -hmm. um, make a different kind of cookie. That's one that I always do. I always look for some different kind of cookie that I've never made before, or I change up a cookie that I've made. I've been making spritz cookies since I was a kid. Mm -hmm. I have my mother's uh, cookie press that we used for spritz cookies. And just a couple years ago, I decided I would make um, multicolored kind of psychedelic 60s, 1960s cookies. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I didn't even use traditional colors. I used, you know, pink and lime green and yellow and turquoise and separate balls, all different colors, threw them all in the press together mm -hmm. and then made my cookies. And they're my new favorites. I absolutely love them. They are so cool. Mm. Um, so that was, you know, something creative that I did a couple years ago, just trying to do something different. Um, so I, whatever you normally do, change it up. I love that because it's not adding yet another thing to your Christmas schedule. If you're, you know, maybe you're not in the, um, I don't know, in the sticks as we would say in Australia. <laughs> maybe you've got a lot on your plate. Maybe you're running around with with children or whatever. Um, you know, change it up. Let them go to town and decorate some Christmas cards and send them to the rallies and they'll love them. And, you, you know, you're doing something that you've already committed to doing, but making it creative, changing it up and, and making it fun. I think that's great. <laughs> great tip. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, don't add anything to your plate. Just tweak it. And another way to tweak that I also find really, really useful is to li put a limit on it. Um, give yourself, you know, rather than decorating your tree as you do every year, limit yourself to just the blue decorations. Mm -hmm. um, limits... People think about limits as not being creative, but actually limits, uh, for me, kind of spawn creativity. So limits can be a good thing. Take something off your list <laughs> rather than putting something on it. Mm. Oh, well, that's what we all need to hear at this time of year, I think. So thank you. So <laughs> thanks so much. Well, I'm really excited for the Creative Christmas Bundle. As you can probably hear, we're, we're putting together a selection of products from paper crafters, digital crafters, um, needle workers, all sorts of creative things that will help you put a little bit of creativity into your Christmas and help you get, you know, if you are planning to make Christmas cards, give you a few choices on how you might do that. If you are planning to scrapbook about your Christmas, um, give you some inspiration for how you might do that. So if you're interested to learn more about the Creative Christmas Bundle, head to scrapbookbundle.com slash Christmas and there you can get your name on the mailing list so you'll be the first one to hear about the super low price for this bundle and you'll also find out, you'll be the first to know about all the exciting creative things that are inside so thank you so much Jen for joining me today it's been fun to chat and I hope you enjoy your um, last few days in Alaska before heading off on your big adventure all right well thank you so much Melissa it's been great chatting with you and I am really grateful to all you scrappers for letting me play along with this um, I love hanging out with scrapbookers and paper crafters you guys are cool and you give me loads of ideas for embroidery I hope you can use embroidery with your paper crafts 
Thanks for taking the time to listen to the Scrapbooking Inspiration Podcast today. If you'd like to learn more, head to scrapbookingpodcast.com where you can find the show notes for this episode and the links to everything we've talked about.